This message is a ministry of Plainville Baptist Church. www.plainvillebaptistchurch.org um, So this morning we're going to have a little bit something different than uh, typical, but I, I, I figured even though it's a little bit lighter than uh, usual, it's a nice venue for this. Uh, serious message still, uh, but I wanted to be able to... Um, give you this uh, in this format. And today, again, we're going to make, I'm going to use black paint and make yellow letters, as always. And, um, whoops, that was bad. I already ruined it. Um, yeah. Oh, well. You know. Yeah, I'm going to keep going. All right, so what I, want, what I want from you today is your participation. And um, we're going to start off with, can anybody read that? Solve this. Okay, what's the next word? Re yeah, man, that took no time at all. You guys are going to be flying through this. So here we are. And... Uh, did I do it backwards? I did it backwards. That's an L. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Well, solve this riddle. And so what we're going to do is over these next four screens, we're going to answer, and I'm going to need your help here, we're going to answer some riddles. We're going to talk about a man named Harvey. And um, Harvey, you know, they, they always used to say a, a good day, a bad day fishing is, is better than a good day at work, right? Uh, well, Harvey went out one day with, with some buddies. They went out fishing, right? And uh, they were um, fishing for a little while. And um, after just a little bit, somebody yelled this out. And I don't know if you can read this. But what did they yell? Man overboard. Who got who got that? Ryan? Ryan got that. Okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna be able to do this real quick then. But you know what? Here, here's what happened. Harvey had a little bit of a trip, you know. Um, he tripped and uh, fell. There he was calling out help. And uh, you know. Uh, a few weeks ago, we were in North Conway, and my family and I went on a little canoe trip, and um, it wasn't two minutes. We got into the canoe, and we tipped it over. And uh, the, only th the only saving grace on that was my wife was in the other canoe with the food and the supplies, and so we, it was only Tim and Joe and myself who got wet. But I was the cause of that. I thought I was being funny and just kind of rocking it a little bit, and they were still getting in, and we went over. So, But you know what? Sometimes it, it, it is okay. A bad day fishing is better than a uh, good day at work. But in this case, it was, it was pretty tough because I want you to tell me here um, what the, the weather conditions were uh, while Harvey fell in the water. Can anybody tell me what the weather was like when uh, Harvey was in the water? 
Anybody there? Wet? Good, 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 good. Now the weather conditions. What was the weather? Can anyone guess this? Sunny? No. What is it? What? 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 Freezing. Why is it freezing? Because it was three degrees below zero. There's a master's degree and a bachelor's and a PhD. Three degrees below zero. And so what happened was, okay, yeah, you know, these are my type of riddles. Um, and uh, there's Harvey in the water. His buddies really were working fast to try to get him out. You know, they, they work fast. There's a, they had a, a oar in the, in the boat. They were trying to hold that oar out to him. And, um, so, you know, some things like that happen in life, right? Where they kind of just hit us and we've got to react quickly, right? Maybe there's an accident uh, or maybe there's a fire in the house. I remember when I was about eight or nine, uh, we had had a cookout and my father uh, took the, the brickets. Anybody know what a brick, not know what a brick it is? Who doesn't know what a brick it is? Come on. I took some charcoal, took the used charcoal and uh, put it in the, uh, the um, Reynolds wrap and just kind of tossed it up, threw it in the, in the dumpster, in the, in the trash can, in the garage. And uh, a little while later, my brother noticed that the garage was on fire. And um, he, but, but, but it was Sunday afternoon and my parents took a nap. And so my brother didn't really want to, like, he was scared about waking them because we were told, don't wake mom and dad up for anything. Well, my brother went in and he went, Mom, Mom, Dad, there's a fire in the garage. Usually when things like that happen, there's a necessity to act quickly, not slowly. And so his uh, friends there sought to, to get him out and, you know, maybe something like this, some bad thing has happened to you in your life where you've, you've been just, you weren't expecting this. This wasn't something you had in your plans. Something bad came along your way and, and hit you. And uh, that's what took place here. But then, you know, next, we see that uh, Harvey is uh, reunited with his friends, or his friends, I don't know, this, this is all right. All of his friends here. And um, here they are because can anybody know what, what took place here? Six feet underground, yeah. So you know what? They didn't, they didn't get Harvey out in time. It was so cold, hypothermia set in, and, uh, you know, that was it. it and uh, he ended up, there it is, sad time for Harvey. Um, but, you know, this here is not the end of the story uh, because before Harvey had died, there was, there was a subject that he looked up and um, took a lot of time studying. It's, it's a subject that perhaps 
you've thought about and maybe have looked into yourself. Uh, what, what was that subject? Life after death, right? Life after death. And, um, you know, that's an important subject for us to study, right? It's an important thing for us to take note of because the statistics are 10 out of 10 people die. It's been the statistic from the beginning of humanity, 10 out of 10 people die, and we can't get around that. So it's really important to know the truth of that. And think about this for a second. God has placed into the heart of a bird how to build a nest. He's put into the heart of the beaver how to build a dam. He's put into the heart of the bee how to build the hive. And the scripture says he's put into the heart of man eternity. He's placed eternity in, in, in our hearts. And we know that there is life after death. We know that there is not just this life and then it's done. It's not just six feet underground when we pass from here. And so it's a, it's a very important thing. Because if you think about this, every philosophy, every religion in the world says if you do good, you'll be rewarded in the afterlife. If you do bad, you'll, you'll be punished in the afterlife. And yet, the problem with that is every group, every religion has a different idea of what's good, a different idea of what is wrong, what's right. And yet, if you understand this, that God has placed eternity in our hearts, you'll also know that he has placed what is good and evil in our hearts. He's given us the knowledge of good and evil into our hearts. I've been in several countries in the world, and it doesn't matter if nobody has had any interaction with the Bible or Christianity. They all know these very same things, just like you know. And it's the Ten Commandments. God has placed them into the human heart. And you might not be able to list them, but as soon as I say them, you say, yeah, that's right, that's right. So think about this for a minute. You shall not lie. Is it wrong to lie? Yeah, it's wrong to lie. It's, you know it, especially when somebody tries to lie to you. Right? It, it's, it's obvious. And yet... What's the issue there? We know that if God hadn't done this, if God hadn't put this in our heart, we wouldn't say it's wrong to lie. We wouldn't say that. You know why? We lie all the time. You and I lie. Why would we say lying is wrong and then go about and lie? You shall not murder. Is that wrong? Uh, is, is murder wrong? Okay. We know that. Especially if somebody's trying to kill you, right? And yet, Jesus made it clear, Jesus made it very clear, that you and I murder all the time. He said, it's written, you shall not murder, but I say, if you have anger in your heart towards someone, 
You've murdered already in your heart. You are before God as a murderer in your heart. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Is it wrong to curse God's name? And yet, what do we hear all the time? Oh my God. Jesus Christ. And not, not in praise, but as a curse. And we know that that's the situation. We know that's wrong because you never hear... Because, and what that's saying is our heart is corrupt. We know it's wrong, we do it, because we never, I've never heard people hit their thumb with a hammer and say, Ugh, Buddha! Doesn't happen. No! Doesn't happen. Why? Because God placed the commandments in our heart to show the corruption of our heart. It's the response of a heart that's corrupt. We see a speed limit sign. Don't go over. Why? Who's, that's a stupid sign. That's too slow for here. Or, like I remember clearly once going up into Boston one time, and I saw this sign, do not drive in the breakdown lane. Now, I had no intention or desire to go into the breakdown lane at all until somebody put up a sign that said, don't drive in the breakdown lane. What am I missing out? What am I missing by driving in the breakdown, not driving in the breakdown lane? What are they trying to keep from me? All that does, the law shows me my corrupt heart. God has put those laws in our heart to show us that we are law breakers. And the issue is, as the Bible says, the wages of sin is death and hell. The wages, the payment, the paycheck for sin is hell. And if you were to stand before God, guilty of those things that you have broken again and again, guilty of them, you would go to the lake of fire. You would go and perish, for the wages of sin is death in hell. But even now, your, your heart is saying, but, but you don't, but. And all the excuses that we would use, I'm sorry, all the excuses we would not use in a court of law pop right up and we expect them to hold in our case God's got to let me into heaven because of this. And so, we say, God is good. He won't condemn me to hell. Hold on. If you go and stand before a good judge, what do you expect them to do? You expect them to condemn the guilty and acquit the innocent. God's already shown you in your heart and he's prepared you, showing you in your heart that you're not innocent. If God is a good judge, see, it's the very opposite. We think so poorly. We're trying to grasp for any straws of why, good, why God should not 
punish us. Well, God's a good judge. A good judge punishes sin. Oh, well. But, Your Honor, imagine saying this to a judge. But, Your Honor, all my good things outweigh my bad. And he'd say, I'm not concerned about those things. I'm concerned about why you are on trial here today. You are not on trial for all the times you've kept the law. You are on trial for the times you've broken the law. Your Honor, I never intended to do it. Your Honor, I'm never going to do that again. That's right, you won't have the opportunity to do it again because you will be behind bars. These things we grasp, that's in my past. Yes, I know I've sinned, but that's in my past. God will hold you account. The scripture says that all, uh, we are all laid bare. Everything about us is laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. And so, the very things that people trust in, the things that people seek to overcome their trouble in which they are with God, they are in with God, are not the very things that God says will take care of their predicament. God is a forgiving God. He is a forgiving God. But he's just, and he must punish sin. Who then can go to heaven? Ryan, that's beautiful. Those who do not break the law at all. Well then, who of us would go to heaven? No one with that. And yet, what do we notice? What we notice is that though God is just, and he must punish sin, he is also love and mercy. Well then, how does God's love and his desire for you, because he wants no one to perish, how does his desire for you to get to heaven not compromise his justice? How can that be? The scripture makes it very clear that God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's how God demonstrated his love. You see, he laid the punishment that was due to you on Jesus Christ. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross. He died in your place so that you would have eternal life. He died for your sake. He was buried. He was placed in a tomb. Three days later, he rose again. 
The Bible says that Jesus Christ did that for you without compromising his justice. He laid all your sin upon his son, his beloved son, so that you could have life if you would but trust him. And the Bible says it very clearly. If you will repent of your sin, if you will repent, if you will acknowledge with God that you are a sinner and you deserve his punishment, see, that's where people don't want to go. But I'm a good person. I'm better than this one. I'm better than that person. I'm, it doesn't matter. It's exactly what Ryan said. Only those who have not broken the law. And the only way you can be before God as not having broken the law is by having the blood of Christ shed for your sin, covering your sin. That's the only way. It's the only way that you can have that. That's what repentance is, where you acknowledge, God, I deserve death in hell. The law convicts me as a sinner. I deserve that. But I see you loved me so much, you gave your son in my place. All my sin would be covered. All my sin would be thrown into the depths of the sea, never to be brought up again. That's what repentance is, acknowledging that. And then the Bible says you need to turn. In repentance, you turn. Excuse me. In repentance, you turn. And then you call upon the Savior. Call upon the Savior. Receive him as your Savior. Whoever will confess with their mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Is there, has there been a time in your life where you said, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm going to go to hell. I know that your son loved me. He gave himself for me. Please save me by your death and resurrection. Has there been a time where you've called upon him? If not, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the acceptable time. You say, well, how? Just in that very same way that I just mentioned, calling upon him. Well, is it, how, how do I do that? Let me give you an illustration. Imagine you're out to sea. 500 miles from the shore, your ship sinks. There's no one around. You have to first admit you're not going to be swimming back to shore. You're not going to do it. It's too far. So what do you do if you see a Coast Guard cutter coming by where you're at? It's not very simple. You don't say, oh, what words should I use? Oh, let's see. I got to make sure I, I, I say this correctly. You know what? If you're drowning and you're, you're in need, you're not going to come up with some elaborate big prayer. You're going to say, help, save me, Lord. Give me this gift of eternal life. Help. Just like you would with that Coast Guard cutter coming by. Rescue me. You're going to use whatever you have. You have a flare gun. You're going to shoot it. You have a signal mirror. You're going to flash it. You have all you've got is your voice. You're going to cry out. And that's what the scripture says. If you call upon the name of the Lord, Lord, I am in, I am in desperate trouble. I'm going to die. And I'm not ready to meet you. I'm not without sin. I need you to cover all my sin. Save me. I see your son shed his blood for me. Save me. Give me this gift of life. Oh, 
That's it. In the way that your heart, as a drowning man, would call out to those who are ready to rescue, God is ready to rescue you. God is ready to save you. He's ready to give you life. And if you will call upon him, he will save you. Just a few minutes, we're going to have this opportunity for you to come forward and somebody will pray with you so you can receive Christ as your Savior. If you've never called upon him, the scripture says, today is the day of salvation. Today's the acceptable time. You can receive eternal life today because of what Christ has done for you. And so we're going to close in prayer. And if you need Christ as your Savior, ah, oh, thank you, I left it. Okay, thank you so much. It is this, almost. You call it out if you get it. So I heard it, I heard it. Forgiven. Can you read that? Forgiven. That's what God will give you. Forgiveness. The covering of all your sin. If you will call upon him. And so we're going to close in prayer right now. If you need Christ, we're going to stand to sing that last song. And as we're singing, if you need Christ as your Savior, would you just come forward? Somebody will be here to pray with you to receive Christ. Yes. Today. No, I didn't know that. Thank you, Ruth. Ruth said today is International Forgiveness Day. With the Lord, every day is International Forgiveness Day. And uh, praise God. Thank you, Ruth. That's awesome. I'm going to use that soon. Um, if you need Christ as your Savior, would you come? We're going to pray. And as we stand and sing, Sam, it's the last song on here. On the page. Have you any room for Jesus? Have you any room for Jesus? So let's uh, stand together. We're going to pray. And if you need Christ, would you come? And let somebody pray with you to receive Christ as your Savior. Father, we do thank you for this day. We love you, O oh Lord. Thank you for the good news that though we are sinners, Lord, I am the chief of sinners. But you have cleansed my heart by faith. You've washed my sin away. Father, I thank you for that. You've washed all my sin, past, present, future, because you want me to be with you. And you know there's no other way except your son would take that penalty upon himself. Father, I pray if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you, has never called upon you to receive salvation. Oh, Lord, they may have prayed many other things. Help me with my finances. Help me with my health. Help me with this or that. But, God, they've never called upon you for salvation. May today be the day that they call on you. Lord, I pray, and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As we sing, you come now.
Thank you for coming. We had a beautiful morning today. Uh, let's pray together. Father, we thank you again for this day, for your mercy and grace. Thank you for the one who's come. We pray, Lord, if there are others who need you, that they would take care of that in their own hearts before you and seek you and receive you 
and your Son as Savior and Lord. And Father, I thank you for this day, and I praise you for it. We bless you, O oh God, and thank you for this time. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. And again, uh, weather permitting, two weeks from now, on the 15th, we'll have the service again outside. You're dismissed. Thank you.